Happy Monday morning. Um, I think for me, the highlight of this past weekend was, I'm not, I'm not a big soccer guy by any chance or football, but watching the Italy versus England match um, and seeing the banter back and forth via text with two of our vendor reps from ICA, one who's from Italy, the other from England, both now residing in Canada, and the smack talk, if you will, going on between the two. Yeah, it was, um, as a as a person who did not have a dog in the fight, which sometimes I think it's more enjoyable to watch sporting events when your team is not in it, because without the emotional tie, you can truly just sit back and, and enjoy the the game, the match, the whatever, uh, without the anxiety that comes along. Uh, but yeah, it was fun watching the back and forth. Really, it's actually mostly one directional. Uh, the gentleman uh, from England was the one providing the commentary, commentary, and the gentleman from Italy was eerily silent until <laughs> conveniently after the match was concluded and Italy had come out the victor and then decided to chime in a little bit, which I thought was actually had a little bit more dramatic effect to it. Yeah. So, Andy, um, if you're watching, enjoy your back rubs from here on out from Darren. That's Sorry, uh, Darren. <laughs> There's just not a lot right about that. Uh, but congratulations to Italy on the Euro Cup. Uh, yeah, that was fun. I don't like watching matches that end on PKs. Yeah, agreed. Uh, similar to Italy versus Spain in the semifinal. Uh, it's just, it's not only is it a little bit anticlimactic, uh, although I, I say that, but I think PKs in, the, in and of themselves are exciting to watch. I just think after 120 plus minutes of all out effort to end in a tie and have it come down to a PK, which some will argue with me, there is definitely skill on the approach of the shooter, but really it, when it comes down to the keeper, it's almost like 50, 50, you're going to guess left or right, low or high and hope that you've got a fighting chance. Uh, I don't, I don't like the way that that that's done. But at some point, you've got to end it because after 120-plus minutes, the players or the footballers, as they call them, are just completely gassed. And I, I don't see how they could really continue to go on. I would imagine they've evaluated other ways of doing a sudden death or changing up the overtime or doing something to play it out more normally than a PK. But I would think clearly so. nothing's won out. I mean, the NFL has had 5,000 different ways of ending a game, none of which are really very good, but... Uh, I would think that in the history of soccer, particularly European soccer, that they've probably had some various iterations. I don't know. I'm not a historian in that manner. But and then Saturday night for those uh, real, those real uh, soccer lovers was the um, Amer- the Copa America final between Argentina and Brazil. Uh, Messi versus Neymar. That was a fun match to watch. Uh, Argentina coming out on top. Um, so, yeah, a weekend full of soccer. Very American, I know. Yeah. Yes. Well, these days, that's the big sport is soccer. That's what everyone's putting their kids in. Well, yes, and pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> For those who are 65 plus. Right. Yes.
So anyway, on that note, we'd like to welcome our guest for this episode, Miss Joelle Bondi from Hankel is in the house. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me. Good welcome. morning, everyone. Benvenuto. <laughs> <laughs> We've known Joe for going on 12 years now. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Just crazy to think about. Yeah. You it were. Is. So I would have made you about 12. Yeah, that's right. I was right. probably 15 ish. Yeah, Did we, you have an uh, actual written work permit? Or were you like flying under the radar? I was like flying off under, payroll? The, uh, uh, under the radar. Okay. We just weren't and telling anybody. being kind of corporate like, I would think that they would have their paperwork in order. Well, but you know, back then things were a little different. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Back, you know, in the early 2000s. Yeah, you know, back where people still like smoked in the office those yeah. days. So, <laughs> Joe, tell us, introduce our viewers to Joel Bondi. So I grew up just north of Detroit, Michigan, and really haven't ventured far from Detroit, Michigan. And uh, I grew up there, and I went to school there. I got a couple brothers, um, so it really prepared me for the Henkel world because I was always kind of surrounded by males. And in the chemical manufacturing world, that's roughly what you're dealing with, although things are changing these days. Right. Um, But... I played, you know, basketball and volleyball. I was captain of all my teams, so nice. I kind of always had a little bit of a leadership role, and I think that prepared me, you know, for Henkel, going into Henkel, because I did start very young. Um, did I you started, play center in basketball? Yeah, could, could you tell from my <laughs> whole five foot one? Um, I did play center in, like, fourth grade. <laughs> but, go. no, I, I was definitely a guard, that's for sure. Um, and, of course, for volleyball, I wasn't, you know, the main spiker, but I had a mean serve. They called me ace. Uh, so well, I, remember that. <laughs> I can spike a ball watch out guys um so then yeah I, I actually started going to um when I went to college I was looking for a job that I could do both um do school in the evenings and then you know have a, a nice paying job so Henkel I actually started kind of at the bottom of the rung I started in customer service um and with, you were doing that simultaneously while going to school yes yeah, so okay. going to school and actually I started going for school for computer science um, so Henkel was just in my eyes at the time, wasn't going to be a career. However, 21 years later, here I still am. Right. So I did about four years in customer service and while in customer service, um, one of the things I noticed Henkel needed was we didn't have like a tech service help desk. So like when people would call, customers would call and they needed help, we didn't really have anyone and it was up to customer service to kind of try to figure it out. So after about four years, they opened a tech service Um, role where basically we handled all the stuff online and over the phone and I took that role and it was just me so I really got to learn a lot about Henkel because it wasn't just by industry I had everything and aerospace and automotive so that's how I really got more into the selling I learned about the products on the tech service side Mm -hmm. and then um, I'd say about three years later is when I met you guys Um, I actually moved into an inside sales role and Henkel started looking at how do we service smaller customers and that's where we met at the time you guys were hit solutions right and that's where our relationship began and I really wasn't even your guys a sales rep or anything I was just support for you guys and then as the years have grown on um, I've taken more of a sales rep role and I still do the tech service role and then Henkel, of course, has gotten more involved with distri- distributors, especially you guys, Accessa. Like, in my eyes, you're, like, my number one distributor. Oh, so what I, what you guys I are, like, you my saying, favorite. Like, thanks. Reading between the lines, <laughs> you started off in a role that was just sort of, hey, this is going to provide me a paycheck while I'm focusing on school. It's kind of my main gig. 
and then opportunities developed within Hinkle. We weren't, we came along, we weren't really directly tied to you, but because we wouldn't stop calling you, other opportunities present themselves. So I'm seeing a correlation here. The fact that we wouldn't stop bugging you, that your, your star just continued to brighten. Yes. I feel like we have just grown up together. Oh, Started out as babies and now here we are as 21 year olds. Yeah. So we're so not, we're not all grown up yet. <laughs> I'm actually 22. <laughs> I just want to get rid of the stigma of being 21. Oh, oh sorry, yeah. sorry. 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 Uh, so I have a question going back to so you're from, we'll just call it the greater Detroit area, yes. born and raised. I, all of our listeners and, and viewers are dying for me to ask, did you know Axel Foley? No, I didn't know <laughs> Axel Foley. I'm so sorry. Because okay. I was like zero. No, I'm just joking. That's true. Um, I mean, I was just a community leader that he was. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, up in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, no, I've suffered through all of Detroit's ups and downs with all of our um, professional baseball, football and Red Wings. So, who's your team? Well, the Wings are I, not, okay. not bad. They weren't times. back. At, no, they weren't. But it's it's been a while. I mean, I mean the Lions been, and the Tigers. Oh my, that's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 1984 wow. was a great year. You're welcome for that setup. <laughs> I'll give you that. But I have never been a Detroit Lions fan. I know right now a lot of people in Detroit are probably cursing me. Well, then who's your football team? Do you um, have one? I kind of. You guys say the Bears. No. Okay. No. So everyone's going to kill me when I say this, but I am a Green Bay fan. Where's that come from? I am an Aaron Rodgers fan. Oh. Um, okay. You know, I think, I mean, he's an Everyone incredible likes football. Winner. Yeah, he's an incredible football player. I mean, maybe not as a person, but as a football player, he's cool. And I am a Tom Brady fan. <laughs> I am. Oh, man. But I'm a U of M fan. I'm a U of M fan. You're in Indianapolis. I just got kicked out. I just got kicked out. I mean, Tom Brady is obviously done something right. Yes, he has. But that doesn't mean, as a Colts fan, we have to acknowledge that. We can still say he's the worst quarterback ever play. He sucks. No one likes him. He knows how to split his pants pants. when he swings a golf club. Yeah, like. Aaron (laughs) Rodgers beat him in golf, by the way. Yeah. I just thought it. That's so, right. you know, I really, when it comes to football, um, I'm kind of like how you're talking about soccer. Since I don't really have a team, it is much more fun to watch because it's just you're watching great football. You know, you're just, if someone makes a great play, you can root for that team. Um, so I do like that. Plus, I like to gamble on football. So I just like to watch every game because every game has something. You know, I'm rooting for somebody, I guess. So do you have a DraftKings account? So um, we have a... Uh, we have a friend okay. football pool. I guess I don't want to use the word Henkel because there's other Henkel people in it, but it's a lot of work people in it. So we do a lot of trash talking and cool. We have a good time. So football's kind of my sport for the gambling. End yeah, of it. good. There you go. So I'll try to root for you guys, but you're one of those teams that I can't count on. Sorry. It's what? it's. I understand. But I, understand. I come from Detroit, so you're better than us. Just we just win. That. Yeah. We just lose. Cool. We just don't win enough <laughs> to, to take the over on. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Like if it's a 50 50, I'm like, oh, they're going to lose it. Well, I don't know. See, new era, the Carson era, Carson Wentz. You keep telling yourself that. And we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We got a good O line. It's all, I mean, God, even the 25th starting quarterback in the NFL can do well with a good offensive line. You're starting to sound like a Detroit Lions fan where every year you think it's your year. I didn't say that. I didn't say it was our year. I said it's Carson Wentz's rookie year. 
Right. So you got building years is what you're saying. Yeah. The best okay. is yet to come. Okay. Yeah. Well, something tells me I'll still be talking to you in five years from now, so we'll see. That's fine. We hope so. <laughs> so when you're not wagering on football, um, what would you, how would you describe your typical day, which I'm sure there is not such a typical there really isn't a typical day for my type of work. I realize um, some of maybe our outside fields reps, it's a little bit more, you know, week by week. You plan your thing week by week. For me, it's, oh, what is the phone going to bring today? Um, mostly because of the sheer amount of customers I have. And also because those customers are usually, um, they usually have a higher turnover rate. So things aren't getting done correctly. Quality is a little bit lower expectation. Okay. So yeah. it's just a little bit more off the cuff. Um, they don't always have what we would say is like a perfect line. So you kind of got to think outside the box a lot. So I know I never know. And it's always fun because you don't know. And I've been here 21 years and I learn something new every single day. And I don't know if everybody can say that with their job. Yeah. I think part of that comes from also the various industries that we serve. It's not just automotive. There's five or six or more. Yeah. Um, Henkel serves anything metal. It doesn't make a difference. Aerospace, automotive, industrial, medical, um, military. We're touching everything. Yep. Now, I don't focus on the aerospace and automotive. However, we have jobbers and they're doing a little bit of everything. So you right. have to be, you have to know those technologies, know those standards. Um, but it, that's what makes it fun. You just never know what you're going to be dealing with. It's, I mean, I've never really seen the same part over and over. It's always something different. Yep. And even if it's the same part, it's a different line. So it definitely keeps me on my toes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Point of definition for our listeners uh, that are not from the industry, a jobber is, uh, it can mean a handful of things, but in some ways it's a facility that doesn't manufacture anything. They may offer finishing services like powder coating. So those who are fabricating uh, widgets of any sort out of some form of metal will outsource the powder coating to the job shop that will then use the Hinkle products as part of their uh, cleaning, surface treatment, uh, chemical process that then goes into paint. Or there are those who do fabricate parts out of metal, but they don't make the same product over and over that they then sell. They are actually uh, being contracted by someone else to create a, a the dye or whatever it may be to then stamp, broach, punch, cut, bend, form a piece of metal. And, and go on from there. So there's your uh, industrial definition of the day. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. So, yes, most of my customers are doing that just because they're not, you know, the big lines. Those are for our outside sales reps. So that mostly what I'm dealing with is the jobbers. Yeah. Over the last 10 to 12 years, um, talk about some of the primary products that those jobbers, these the customers that we typically deal with together, have been using. So in 2013, Henkel rebranded and we turned all of our surface treatment into our trade name Bondurite. So with that, anything that touches metal is going to be under the name Bondurite. Um, and mostly these days, anything new starting up, we're looking at like trivalent chromes and our next generation technology over some of the heavy metals like your hexavalent chrome and your zinc phosphates. So right now that's the trend I'm seeing and I have been seeing over the last 10 years, but specifically the last about four years, I would say every new lead I get is a next generation lead. No one's looking at the iron phosphates. No one's 
looking at the zinc phosphate. So they're looking at more environmentally friendly. So that's the trend, and that's what I'm seeing, and I don't see that changing. I mean, as this world goes on, that's what everyone's looking for. Um, less waste, less heavy metals, what can we do not to pollute the earth? So, I, I mean, it's, it's going to happen whether you want it to or not. And Henkel was aware of this 10 years ago, and they started working and formulating. So I feel like we got a really good line of Bondurite products that are also environmentally friendly compared to what's being used. So can you... In, in, let's say, like a fifth-grade vernacular, 30-second summary of when you say um, phosphates and things like that, or, or we discuss surface treatment chemicals, what, not chemically, what are they, but from a product standpoint, what are they and why are they used? Like, what do they do for the consumer? And I say fifth-grade, like the consumer who is completely out of the industry will understand why we do what we do. So when we talk about conversion coatings specifically, it is meant to go on metal to stop corrosion and also for better paint adhesion. So when we talk about surface treatment, that's really more, more or less what we're talking about so that you don't get any rust, you don't get oxidation, and more importantly, your paint sticks. Because you can just paint apart and the paint will stick for a certain amount of time, but eventually that paint's going to come off. And of course, if you buy any furniture or refrigerators or anything, you don't want paint coming off. So the surface treatment, it's not only giving you that rust protection, but it's keeping that adhesion for you so that your product will last longer. Now, of course, we also have cleaning and deoxidizing. And those are, I mean, cleaning is exactly what we're saying it's doing. It's going to clean the metal deoxidizing is going to remove any oxidation, any rust, anything that's on there that can't be removed with a cleaner. And then you would go through your surface treatment. So anything you touch metal, cars, cabinets, all that has gone through some kind of surface treatment before it was painted. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, for the consumer, think about uh, if you had a car in the 60s and it got a ding in it, it immediately started rusting out. Today, completely different story. Uh, same with you know, school lockers, metal furniture for your home office, uh, industrial uses, things like that, you, um, appliances or other durable goods. What what Joelle is saying is the paint that you see, obviously there's an aesthetic purpose of the paint to give it color, to give it design uh, and, and appeal to the eye. But, uh, but also that paint is there to protect the part itself. And then under that paint, that conversion coating, that surface treatment chemical, and the whole process, not only promoted adhesion of the paint, so it can give you that outer layer of protection, but also should that paint get dinged and come off, you ding your car, you're you're in the grocery or the mall parking lot, and that such and such person who parks way too close to you and then slams their door into your car and it takes paint off, that metal underneath that is now exposed is really, unless it's just been completely crushed, is actually not metal anymore. I mean, it's not the original surface, correct? Correct. Our surface treatments become part of the metal. It's not laying on top of it. It's becoming part of the metal. So it becomes like the barrier. It becomes part of it. So the true chemical reaction process where the surface of the metal gets sealed off. Yes. So it's not exposed to air and moisture, which then ultimately creates oxidation or, in other words, rust. Right. And and it gives you protection. Um, now, will it give you protection for 30 years after all the paints come off? Well, maybe hexavalent chrome. But you will, you know, it's there to get you through. So your car, I mean, unless you keep your car for 30, 40 years with a scratch on it and not repaint it over, you would, that might be cause an issue. But in general, you, it'll give you time to get right. it repaired. So just 
just one of the myriad of ways our dirty industry of manufacturing and, and all of that, and it relates to real world application and how the consumer can draw a parallel. Yes. And I, I, I don't know how into cars you guys are, um, you know, coming from Detroit. That's really all we talk about up there. But one of our big things is like the F. Which is why your guys' roads are so nice. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because of the snow that you guys don't get. Remember that? <laughs> right. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the F-150, I mean, that was a really big push for our next generation was to show that here's this heavy-duty truck that, you know, people are buying, taking it off-roading, throwing heavy equipment into it, scratching it up. Well, they're using our next-generation technology. They've gotten away from zinc phosphates. They went away from the heavy metals. It's more of an aluminum truck, and they went ahead with our next generation. And, I mean, it's been out on the road for years. So, I mean, if you can take these construction trucks and you can bang them up, and they're still going, that's a really good sign. Uh, that's yeah. the proof you need. It's right there. So talk to us about these next gen. You've, you've used that term multiple times now. Um, give us a couple examples of those products. So most of them are going to be like a fluorozirconic acid-based. Um, we got some titanium-based, and we have some polymer-based. So basically getting away from those heavy metals, getting away from zinc phosphate, getting away from hexavalent chrome. We do have some trivalent chromes. Um So, of course, I mean, they're still chrome. It's just not as bad as chrome 6. So I think the big thing out there is people think when you hear next generation and you hear environmentally friendly, they think that it's not as good. And that is not the case. Again, going back, I mean, we're showing it with the F-150. It can be out there. It can get banged up. Um, It's not going to outperform a hexavalent chrome. It's not going to outperform a zinc phosphate but it's going to get just as good as results as a zinc phosphate it's going to outperform an iron phosphate you're going to save on wastewater you're going to save on your waste in general you're going to save on heat you're going to save on energy there's so many benefits yeah, so I was, I was going to ask you to describe the benefits of these next gen and, and you just touched on it so it's the energy savings in ter- energy in terms saving of the is manufacturing large process and of course the the downstream waste which is huge yes um the energy savings is amazing because most of these just run ambient and you figure with a zinc phosphate you're running about 120 130 so you're going to save on that heat and that's that's amazing the amount of money i mean we've i've seen us save customers 30 50 thousand dollars just on heat alone so expanding on that when you say saving on the heat and running ambient versus 120 130 you're saying that so a lot of these applications are either spray or immersion. So imagine a part, imagine uh, for our listeners, imagine a car door, just a bare door hanging on a hook going down a assembly line and it goes into a spray washer, which means it's going to go into this tunnel and it's kind of going into the car wash. All the, all the jets of water on the side that are fixed for the most part, are spraying on this part, and that water, which is held in with the cleaner or the surface treatment chemical, is in a tank somewhere being heated by a gas furnace, like your water heater at home, to that 120 to 130 degrees in order for the product to work uh, in its uh, uh, to it to its you know, best of its ability. Let's say. Or if it's a a dip tank, it's now this car door is going down. It's actually going down into a bathtub, if you will, of water, a tank of water, and then coming back up and moving on to the next stage. And that water, that tank is being heated to 120, 130 degrees. If you're saying some of these next-gen materials 
one of the, the, the nice aspects about it is that these the water itself, the, the, the uh, we're going to say that the, the chemical was like the Calgon bath, uh, bath, whatever it was, back in the 80s, you know, the Calgon take me away. Um, oh, you're dating yourself. I know. Well, I saw, <laughs> I, sometimes I watch old TV. It's oh, not, that's I wasn't, it. That's I wasn't it. actually watching it live. These are reruns. Um, most kids are like, what's a rerun? rerun. Uh, maybe you can find it on Netflix somewhere or YouTube. I don't know. Um, but they, they're, you're, you're adding the chemical to a greater bath solution to dilute it down. And running ambient means you don't have to heat that water. Yes. So you're not running your water heater. Imagine being able to be at home and take a ambient temperature shower and it not like be freezing and it actually gets you clean. Think of the savings dollar wise you mentioned, but also obviously saving on energy is, is huge environmentally speaking. Yes. Yes. Equipment too. I mean, you don't have to have the heater. No, I mean, yeah. If you're putting in a new line, obviously put in yeah. a new line. Um, another thing is you can usually cut down stages like a zinc phosphate is usually, there's usually a conditioner stage beforehand and you do have to have that heated. Um, so you can eliminate a conditioner stage so you can eliminate a whole stage and you don't always need a sealer. Um, most zinc phosphate lines have a sealer. So you go from, you can go from a nine stage to a five stage or a four stage. I mean, you can really cut down and that will also cut down your water usage, your yeah, energy. The, the material costs, I mean, obviously you have less equipment in place, less uh, infrastructure operating costs from a, a capital expense and maintenance standpoint. Uh, and obviously your material cost is, is lower because you're buying less materials. But gosh, your throughput, if you can cut from a, a nine or seven down to a five or a four, your throughput yes. just goes up dramatically because of less time in process. Yes. And in today's world with the manufacturing economy booming, throughput is everything right now. Yep. Time is of the essence. That, uh, that's true. Yeah. I can't, I know years ago it was hard convincing people to look at a next generation but there's just so much out there. I mean, even the military is approving next generations. They've done all the tests. It's sat out, you know, in the field for two years before they would even take a look at it to see if it would pass or not. So everybody's coming around. The automotive industry, the military industry, um, definitely the aerospace. Um, they were one of the first ones. Um, they have sunset dates on all these chromes. So whether you want to or not, you're going to be forced to these next generations from higher yeah. above. And that trickle-down effect has already started. Yes. I mean, it's, yeah, the, the Ford plant may have started it, but even, even customers doing at our for, level, yep. whether it because of certain municipalities where they reside or are forcing them to, we're getting more and more phone calls now, too, from the smaller guys saying, hey, what's what's out there? Yeah, because to, definitely on your waste treatment, it makes a huge Difference, And I'm not going to say you can dump our stuff down the drain. I'm never going to tell you that. Right. You definitely want to <clears throat> test, but you don't have the sludge buildup. You don't have to have a waste treatment company come out and take, you know, tons of sludge out on a yearly basis. Um, yes, it can build up sludge, but nothing like a zinc phosphate, nothing at all. So even your downtime for a clean out is just so, I mean, don't even really have to take a full day. So what's the number one barrier? To getting for someone to change, what is what would why do people say no when everything sounds so good? What prevents them from just going? A forward? lot of it is just a mentality of you. A next generation can't be as good as a zinc phosphate. Well, let me show you. Let's just run some parts and we can throw it through, and I can show you it can it can pass just as well yeah. as a zinc phosphate. And if you're using iron phosphate, I will blow that iron phosphate out of the water every time. 
get away from iron phosphate. I'm going to be honest. I'm not an iron phosphate fan. Every time I talk to a customer of mine and they're iron phosphate, I start bringing up the next generation. You're just going to get better results, especially if you're running aluminum. And nowadays that's everyone's going to light metals. Yeah. So jump on now, get your stuff, you know, get your line up and running so that you're out there and you can go to these companies and say, yeah, I got a next generation. And if they say, well, it's, it's probably more expensive than what I'm using now. And in a lot of cases, yeah, but it's not crazy more. Do you talk to them about the cost benefit analysis there? You almost have to because yeah. yes, the chemical itself is going to be more than an iron phosphate. I'm not going to lie there, the product itself, but you're not going to have to you're going to save everywhere else. And yes, I so you have to sit down and make the customer see that. And that's a little bit of work on the customer's end because they have to give you data. Sure. What do you paint? What do you pay for your energy? What do you pay for your water? Right. How often do you dump? When you do dump and you have to do um, a clean out, how long do you have to be down to do that clean out? So every customer is a little different, but you got to get that information from them to be able to show them what they're saving because that's really what you're going to show them. You're going to show them an energy savings and a cost savings. I'm not going to show you... Uh, chemical savings because it is more expensive. I'm not going to lie, but we'll save you money everywhere else. And it's, then you get the tote that you're more environmentally friendly. It, it's just the it's the, the true adage of price versus cost. Yes. I mean, our, our customer base, they're all smart business people. They understand it. But sometimes when they see a number on paper, emotionally, they get so tied to the price that they they blind themselves to the true cost. And if you can say, okay, well, my price gap is X, but you're going to save Y, Z, A, B, C, D, it, the cost per unit, per part, however you want to measure it, generally is going to be break even if not less than what their current cost is. Correct. And just you just sometimes have to show it to them. Yeah. You know, yep. because, and I will say, I don't know of one instance where we did like an energy savings for a customer that we were off. You know, they never came back and said, we didn't save the money you said we were going to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true. We will save you money on your energy and your water. And, you know, safety, I would assume. I I mean, you don't have to, you know, you're not dealing with heavy metals. So, you know, depending on certain people's health, you know, they can't be around, you know, certain metals at certain times of their life. So you can take that out of the equation. Right. Well, that makes me uh, want to run out buy a new Ford F one fifty, the electric version. <laughs> I want to buy the new electric one. Looks back, look pretty cool. The one that can power your house with that, the generator. I'm very excited about that. For all the earthquakes that get in Detroit. Um, I lose power a lot in Detroit <laughs> due to storms. Yeah, uh, it's really the storms because we yeah. just have so many trees and they just come barreling down and they take. I mean, just last week we didn't have power for two days, so it happens. Mm. I lose power anytime it gets hot. So naturally, right? Yeah. So yeah, give me that truck. <laughs> All right, there well, you go. We'll probably make that happen. Um, okay, so you started at Hinkle when you were maybe ten or eleven years old. Yes, that's correct. And uh, I understand—is it a family affair? You have, how did you like? Why Hinkle? Oh, so you got me. Um, <laughs> so yes, um, my my uncle did work there and still works there actually. Um, and he had made the suggestion. He knew I was looking for something, and he thought, you know, customer service. He's like, you don't have to have a chemistry degree to be in customer service. As I was still in college, so um, I didn't. Just so you know, I didn't get the job first. They offered it to somebody else. Oh boy. <laughs> so there wasn't that much nepotism. Hey. Um, but uh, they came back, and um, I will say. 
I don't think there's anything horribly wrong with nepotism because at least you know the person's work ethic. I don't think I've gotten past customer service because of him. I think that's been my own work ethic. I think the jobs I've gotten, I've gotten I try not to tell people my uncle works I'll there. be in spite of him, really. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I don't want people to know I'm his niece. Maybe <laughs> they don't like him. Um, so, and, and he is in the automotive in, industry. So um, he does work in the automotive industry. And now I've separated. It's been, I think I left the automotive group in 2015. Okay. So it's been a couple years. Um, but I, I will say, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think everyone, if you know someone, you know, get them a job, it'll probably pay off, you know, instead of taking a stranger, you never know what you're getting. So I guess they like me. I mean, it's been 21 years. I could be wrong. <laughs> it just might take a long time to get well, rid of Well, I heard sure. your file there is pretty thick, personnel file. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, lots of write-ups. I'm sure it is. All right, so then, so 21 years, uh, what started off as a, hey, just give me some some spending money, help me cover some bills, has turned into a career. Uh, best part of your job? Ooh. Well, if you would ask me before the pandemic, I would have said my coworkers because it really has become like a family there. Um, I'm not sure if everyone feels that way, but I think if you stay there a couple of years, you start to feel that way. Like you, you truly look out for each other. Um, now that the pandemic hit, I mean, I still talk to people, but I will just say it, it's still camaraderie. I mean, I still like talking to people, even my customers. Like you just really, after 21 years, you start to know people. And um, I really do honestly, in my heart, feel our Bondurate pre-treatment is the best pre-treatment out there. I'm not just saying that because it's a paycheck. I, if I felt that way, I don't think I'd be here 21 years. But I really do. I stand behind our Bondurate products. So um, from a pandemic standpoint, are you going into the office at all? Or are you still 100%? So I went into the office last week <laughs> for a day. <laughs> for the first time. So really, um, we are welcome back. If we want to come back, we are welcome back. Um, there are guidelines, of course, but come Labor Day, they expect Henkel to be back up and running in Madison Heights. I imagine there's in Michigan, there's other facilities in different states that are a little bit more open. But being in Michigan, we're kind of taking it slow. So right now it's mostly our lab people, our PD, our analytical and accelerated testing and our tech service is pretty much what's in the office. And most of us sales reps um, are at home. Now I'm kind of a dual I'm tech service and sales um, so luckily my PD team really likes me and they help me out so I don't have to go into the lab <laughs> I don't know how long that'll last but for right now it's working <laughs> is that Andrew uh, he's my tech service um, my what's um, up Andrew sh shout out to Dave Montrose and Walter Updike you guys make my job fun thank you for helping me all the time we'll make sure we forward him a link so oh please do yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because this will get me far. So next time you guys need a project, we'll just play this link and we're good. There we go. I like it. <laughs> yes, Walter, Dave, bring it. <laughs> but speaking of PD, that is one thing I think Henkel does very well. We have, I mean, our PD is getting up there a little bit in age and we're hiring younger people. But I think our PD department, um, product development, for all you guys who don't know what PD is, has done really well with these next generations. I mean... It's been a learning curve, I'm not going to lie. When it first came out, there was water quality issues, and we jumped and reformulated so that we could deal with different types of water. So um, I know that's another thing out there people are always worried about is the water quality because the first couple years that the next generation was out, water quality was an issue. But yeah. we have we have found ways around it. We've reformulated. We've got other products. So I think we got something for everybody. Cool. We would agree. Definitely. Well, I mean, Hinkle's obviously... 
when you when you look at the quality spectrum of products, Hinkle's always been at the top. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and there's there's no doubt that there's from a performance standpoint, it's there. And from a support standpoint, when there are issues, because there there are going to be issues, uh, not necessarily directly related to product, but the application. Yes. Um, there are issues, and, and the support's got to be there as well. So I know from our end, we've always uh, known that when we when we call that we're going to be taken care of. So we appreciate that very much. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that we've met all your guys' needs. Yeah, you can pay me twenty dollars after the, after <laughs> we're done taping. Twenty dollars, boy, you're you're pretty cheap. I, th- thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, question for us. Any questions for us? Well, my question for you guys is what are you guys seeing after the pandemic? Are you seeing, I mean, I feel like we all feel like things are starting to get back to normal, but are they? I mean, how are your customers coming out of this? I would say over the last several months, it's been very busy. I mean, demand's incredibly high uh, across the board. Um I don't. I can't think of any sector that any part of Asasa touches that is. I would say is down right now. Everyone seems to be. Is it just buying, say, or do you see wall. like because people were down? Are you having issues like you know just getting things run back up and running, getting everyone back in that? I think the main thrust, economically speaking, in our world is consumer demand, okay. uh, which has just created this this. Uh, backlog of product across so many different industries uh, and, and product spaces, which has, has been great from that standpoint. Uh, the, the one thing on the chemical side in particular for anyone on metal fab and, and that side of manufacturing, we are still seeing it being difficult to visit uh, where there are a lot, of, you know, you used to be able to go in the back door. Now it's either you can't come in still at a handful of places and some of it's pandemic related. Some of it's quite funny. They're so busy. They don't want to be interrupted yep. uh, to, or if you want to come in, you have to have an appointment. And then one of the, the only way to get an appointment is, Hey, we don't want you to come in here and talk about something to sell us. We, we want you in here because we have a need for you and we created the appointment. So from a sales standpoint, it's been challenging uh, on, on that side to kind of get back to where you've got better access to the decision makers to talk about your products, whether they be an existing customer or a prospective customer. So um, that that's the challenge. It takes some getting creative. Uh, but I think over continued time, particularly probably the remainder of this year yeah, anyway, yeah. I think we'll slowly start to see things loosen back up. So most of what you're seeing is organic growth. You're not seeing much new just because people aren't letting new people in. Right. It's, it, that's the challenge. That's yeah. the real challenge. Or that, or they're, they're so busy that even if your product so, or your solution is better, they don't. They, have time they're to big. They're, they're say, hey, I'm too afraid to move anything around, make a change because if anything that even slightly interrupts my throughput would be a, a, a deal killer. So yeah, I never thought about that. You're right. They don't have time to shut down to do a trial, you know, to test somebody else's yeah. product out. Yeah. So, the key would be is if they're putting a new line in. Yes. Uh, but existing is difficult right, right now. Yes, I would imagine. But we'll keep plugging. Now you got your next generation and your energy savings. Go get them, Tiger. Exactly. Yeah, Hubman. Or Colt or whatever I'm supposed to call you. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, Joe, thanks for coming in. We well, appreciate your time. Thanks for having appreciate me. Appreciate your partnership. Oh, I love working with you guys. Anyone out there looking for Bondrite, give Accessa a call. Nice. Thank you. I'll give you that $20. $20 bill bucks. Bucks. Yeah, now we're even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're even. All right. I like it.
All right, thanks everyone for joining us on this episode of the Industrious Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit that notification bell. Bing, bing. And be industrious. Thanks. Thank you all. Thank you.